Jason L show, Blue Chew, synergizing once again. This show is basically a hard cock podcast, and it cannot be done without the help from Blue Chew. What a great organization. Yeah, online prescription. No more uncomfortable conversations. No more flashy packaging showing up at your doorstep, advertising to the neighbors, the kind of rock-hard boners you're going to be enjoying with your partner that weekend. Blue Chew, discreet, affordable, easy. And here's a special deal for you. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Ellis at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code Ellis, to receive your first month free. Hey everybody, today's episode is sponsored by Yo Kratom, home of the $60 Kilo. If you're into Kratom, Yo Kratom has, uh, is the only place where you can get a full kilo for just $60. Uh, Kratom.com has all your favorite Kratom strains, amazing customer service, and you won't find better prices anywhere. So if you're over the age of 21 and you're into Yo Kratom, sorry, you're into Kratom, Go to YoKratom.com, home of the $60 Kilo, and official sponsor of the Jason Ellis Show. I highly recommend these guys. They know what they're doing. Thanks, YoKratom, for sponsoring the show. Hey, everybody. If you want more of this, I don't know why, but Patreon.com slash EllisMain. Trim my fingernails too much. I cut over the Zen thing. I've become useless. I'm like a dolphin, which is kind of cute. This is what it's like to be a dolphin and try to open things. I believe you could punch that open. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Give me my nicotine. Yeah, Fuck you. Okay, I'm okay. I don't think you've got a problem. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Greg Fitzsimmons is here, you guys. Fitz dog. The fucking Fitzy. Hey, now. What hasn't he done, you know? I haven't fucking dropped into a 14-foot bowl after flipping around on my board and having the tail end catch on it and not go to the doctor. That's what I haven't done. Not yet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't give up, Greg Although, Fitzsimmons. <laughs> I started skateboarding late in life. You skateboard? Well, my son got into it, so I got a board, and we fucked around at Venice Beach, and they had that shitty little park at Venice Beach yeah, before yeah. they built the big one. It's not that bad. Oh, wait, you're saying one before that the one? The one before that was nothing. So, But then they built one in Santa Monica that was real nice. Uh, but it was very, like, it was very precious. You had to wear a helmet, elbow pads, yeah. knee pads. Insurance. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I showed up with my son, and we're, and we're, we're, we're skating around, and then- there's this big bowl, and he he dared me to go in it. On a skateboard? <laughs> On a skateboard. And what? 
But so, you don't skate. But I don't skate. But I'm a lunatic, and so yeah. I so I put the edge of the, the the edge of the board on the edge of the, and I'm ha- dangling over the edge, and he goes, "You're not going to do it," and I go, "I'm fucking doing it." So I go down, and there was a little there was a little bend on the way down, and I hit it, and the board flipped out, and I smashed my head, and I'm laying at the bottom, and I look up, and all I see are faces ringing the edge of the ball, looking yeah. down at me going, dude, are you all right? Yeah. And uh, a guy had to come down and help me get out. And I was, uh, I, I don't think that my neck has been the same since. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen to me. Yeah. And you had a helmet on, right, Greg? I had a helmet, knee pads. I had everything. <laughs> Thank God I had the helmet on. I yeah. think I'd be dead right now. Yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't let you ride without it in there. And so I, so I gave up the small board and I bought a nice fat, Dogtown board with wide wheels. Nice cruiser board. That's what I ride now. Yeah, people that are older that ask me about getting back into skateboarding, I always tell them that it's probably a better idea to get a bigger board and softer wheels because there's so many skate parks in America now where they're just these big bowls and or they even have these uh, parks where it's just whoop-de-doo things like whoops. Yeah. So you just pump the track and then do a turn. Yeah. So it's there's no... There's no kickflips. There's no like flying into the air and doing 360s. You just follow the line. And I feel like like that's that's what's next for me. Like I feel like once I'm not taking that slam again, I, I'm really going to be a lot smarter about stuff. If I don't feel 100%, I'm probably just not going to go on the ramp anymore because that was that was 25-year-old Jason Ellis mentality at 50. It yeah. was like, man, I feel like shit. I'll sweat it out. You know, it's like sweat it out. Yeah. Just don't do it. Right, right. Yeah. When I was a kid, we used to, <clears throat> I don't know if, you, if they had this in Australia, but the original boards had fucking metal wheels. Yeah. It was, it was a wooden board with metal wheels. I'm not old enough to know that for sure, but I do know other skateboarders that are as old as Greg that have talked of these. <laughs> Marty, of these. Marty McFly, for example. <laughs> for example, Marty McFly and a few other, <laughs> a few, uh, Babe Ruth, you know, people like that that have told me about these, the metal wheels, yes. And your fillings would fall out of your teeth. It was because, first of all, pavement wasn't as smooth back then. It was just, it was pieces of rock held together with tar. You're saying that the pavement in your day was different to now? Well, it was cobblestone streets. That's how old you are. Yeah. Did you ever <laughs> see Jack the Ripper? I, I sp- saw him. Right. I chased him. Right. Because on a skateboard. That makes sense. Yeah. The, uh, at, the, at, at the exact same time with, <laughs> with a, a, a wooden circle and a stick. <laughs> it was whisking along. <laughs> yeah, it was a hell of a chase. Yeah. You should have seen it. Yeah. It was a loud chase. <laughs> yeah, but they went from metal wheels to chalk wheels, and then somebody made urethane, and that's yeah. when the game was changed. Yeah, and that did that happen? That happened in L.A., right? The polyurethane wheels. I can't remember, and I because like Dogtown, I, that that documentary Dogtown, talked about that. Yeah, I'm trying to think who. I, I know that there was somebody that did it before George Powell, and George Powell did roller skate wheels, but there was somebody before that that had done urethane. I can't remember because there was a, there was a brand that Tony would talk about. You can buy them now. They're like on the you know, eBay and shit. Like he bought two, not four, two wheels for like, like two grand or some shit for just two wheels. Really? I can't, I you were speaking pe- of Frank Nasworthy. I don't know. It doesn't ring a bell, but they're saying that guy invented the urethane wheel. Yes. 
You know, then mm-hmm. I, I believe out of where Santa Monica. Uh, uh, let's see. He's uh moved to Southern California in seventy one. Oh, mate, it's when I was born. Uh, it, it looks like Encinitas is the town. Encinitas. Yeah, it's a little bit further down the road. So yesterday I go to the beach, and you know I'm I'm not one of these guests that shows up and like, hey, Ellis is the host. He's gonna bring some fun shit. I'll just sit. I'll just sit back and let I I bring. A story to the fucking shell. All right, you, you, uh, just in case, I was like, if I go flat, I've got steroids. I was gonna do to make me a better podcaster. So you tell that story, and I'll inject steroids. I'm just gonna fucking jack it up right now. He's got a tattoo <laughs> on his ass. Your ass tattoo is healing up very nice. <laughs> ah, let's fucking go podcasting. <laughs> Podcast joke stories. You gonna start nodding out and giving guys hand jobs ah, for five dollars over there? I do that anyway. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't charge. Just a friendly jerk off. Sure. Yeah. So but anyway, you're at the beach. So I'm at Venice working beach. on your tan. I'm working on my tan, as you can see. <laughs> it's coming in in splotches. Yeah. yeah. I uh so I'm at Venice Beach and um and I go out and I'm with my buddy JD, who's a degenerate. And he can't swim. And so we go out and the waves all of a sudden just pick up out of nowhere. I mean, it was already a little bit rough, but I mean, they got huge. And so the waves are landing on me and I'm an okay swimmer, but not great. And so the waves are landing on me. And, uh, but I am, I, I was a junior, I took the junior lifeguard course and I failed because I was high every day. Uh, not and, a good swimmer doesn't help for that. No, no. Yeah. I never floated because my cock is so big it would drag me down. <laughs> What's worse, though? You mean drowning or having a small cock? Right. Like, I, I mean, I'd rather drown. Anytime I see it, I see a guy like Mark Phelps, I'm like, little dick. He's got a little dick. Look yeah. how he floats. And Wait, so, his name's Mark Phelps? Oh, Michael Phelps. Yeah, right. Or Mark Spitz. Mark Spitz. Yeah, no ballast. All right. Yeah. Huh? Right. Ballast. Ballast. Oh, to fine. slow him down. I don't want to learn any more shit. It's the today, nautical dude. term for cock, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough. I just want to stay as dumb as I am now. Thank you. So, uh, so we're out there and the waves kick up, and all of a sudden uh, the waves are landing on me, but it's got that undertow where, so then Straight you swim away you from it and it pulls you right yeah, back yeah, yeah. into the wave again. Yeah, you can't swim away from that. You yeah. go towards it. Yeah. You didn't know that? I did know that, but I wasn't at that point yet. I still felt like I could get out. Oh, okay. And then I look up and I see this dude, and he's got on fucking swim goggles. And he's bobbing up and down in the water. And I go, dude, are you all right? And he's like, no, I need help. And I was like, fuck, so my junior lifeguard skills kick in. And I say to the guy, all right, I'm going to turn you around and I'm going to carry you in. Just relax. So I turn around. I do a cross chest carry where you put your arm across his chest and lean back and you do the side stroke. Yeah. And so I start dragging him in and then a big fucking wave comes. I'm like, dude, hold your breath and relax. So he holds his breath. He gets sucked under. I fucking grab him. I get him back in the cross chest carry. This goes on for three minutes, which is a long fucking time. How many waves do you think? Like 10? Nah, maybe like six. Okay. And so, and and I am becoming, because each time we go down, we're going down. And I'm becoming physically exhausted. Yeah. And and he's, he's dead. I mean, he's dead weight. And so finally, I just, I get just out of the waves where my feet can touch the ground. And now 
I can't swim anymore. So I'm pushing him. I got my feet, my tiptoes in the sand and I'm pushing him in between waves to get him out. Fucking lifeguard boat pulls up. Some young stud dives off it, gets him, gets all the glory. Like all of a sudden he's the guy that saved him. He yeah. comes in, everybody on the beach starts fucking clapping. Oh, what a jerk off. Where am I? I'm sucked back into the wave again. I'm back in the wave. I got nothing left. I'm slapping the water. And somehow I like crawled my way out. And I'm telling you, that walk from those waves back into the shore, it was like concrete. I could not, could not move. I was so fucking dead. I sat on that sand for like 10 minutes with just a long stare, just a long stare. I had seen death. Yeah. And and then the guy saw me and he came up and he gave me a big hug and he was like, dude, you saved me. And and my wife was like, uh, saw the lifeguard save you out there. I'm like, fuck you. What is that? <laughs> what is that? I'm a hero. You are. Yeah. Yeah, because the first bit, he'd be dead by the time the lifeguard got there if it wasn't for you. You're right. That's right. So what the fuck? Yep. I hate lifeguards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that guy's on the beach getting like a double blow job. Do What's you know, a double like a- blow job? Two girls? Yeah, yeah when you pretty... have like your dick out and then they sort of like harmonica yeah. blow each side. Oh, but th- I'd rather have one with just good suction. No, one sucks, one's on the balls. Everybody knows yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, have you ever heard of the wedge? No. The wedge is a place, I think it's like Costa Mesa kind of shit yeah. area. But uh, it's like this little, t- there's like a wave that comes and it hits the bank. It's like really big, but it smashes on the on the beach. Yeah. And people wakeboard it and body surf it and shit. It's too, it's too difficult to surf because it just breaks on the sand. So I went there with a couple of friends, and I think we were drunk or something, either hungover or drunk. But uh, we're playing in the water, and their waves are picking us up and slamming us on the beach. And we're like, well, you know, we're, we're tough. We could take it. And we thought it was fun. And then a set comes in, and I don't know much about uh, sets, waves, or any of that, especially at that point. And a set comes in, and so it's way bigger. And all of a sudden, I turn around. It's like a six-foot wave, and it picks me up, slams me on the beach, and then drags me out around the corner to where the big wave is. Yeah. So now I'm in this big wave where I'm, I, the wave gets me, and I get, like, washing machined. And then all of a sudden, I'm standing in, like, uh, under my knees of water. Yeah. And I can tell everybody on the beach is saying something to me. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, what? And I keep trying to get out, like yeah. you were saying. And every time I go to get out, this fucking wave would go, boom. And it was like dude, over 10 feet by the time I was over in this section. So I was standing and they were, I was under a barrel like, what? And I could see people like that. And yeah. then boom, we're washing machine, washing machine. And then uh, I'm drowning. And now I'm like, I'm going to die. And then out of nowhere, lifeguard grabs me, pulls me to shore. Uh, I, I get dragged up and, and sit on the beach like, f- same thing as you. Like, man, that was it. I, yeah. I, I totally thought that was it. And then ambulance comes. Uh, a, a, body, a, a body surfer guy broke his back in Ooh. one of the waves that attacked me. No shit. Because it was like a really big set that came in. So ambulance, this dude's in an ambulance. I'm still sitting on the sand. My friends are kind of making fun of me. And I'm like, it's not that funny. Like, I... I know you're like, oh, you, I, at one point I saw you like, Jesus Christ pose upside down in the wave. Yeah. And I was like, 
Yeah, that's that's when I thought I was gonna die. Yeah. That's when I thought it was over. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Not that fucking funny. Right. But and that then scared you start, the shit out of me. And then you start to panic, so yeah. your breaths are even shorter. Yeah. And, the, and my voice is cracking. I'm so upset about this. <laughs> and uh and and you and so you start to picture you're seeing a big wave come at you and you're breathing so shallow that you're like, if this takes me down, there's no fucking way I can hold my breath long yeah. enough. But then somehow you can, but it's all about staying calm. And like you said, swim out, not in, which I would have I would have done if it wasn't for saving a human. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp, because sometimes you need help. Sometimes you think to yourself, I don't need any help. I got this. And then you don't want to ask for help because somebody be like you ask for help. It's like, wait, uh, I'm real strong and I need help. And I don't mind reaching out to better help. I don't mind reaching out to anybody. Because if you're in the dark, you cannot get out by yourself sometimes, most times. So BetterHelp is a very convenient way to help you get out of there. And sometimes when you're in a rut, like the bit part of the rut is not realizing you were in a rut. You guys recall at one point I was hell-bent on destroying Gotham City. <laughs> That's right, Batman. I remember that. <laughs> and then... Sorry, Bane. Yeah, and then I spoke to uh, a licensed therapist and I realized... I was the problem. I was criminally insane. That's crazy. You just made me realize if Bane had have used better help, maybe Gotham would have been okay. Maybe that football field wouldn't have split in half. Yeah. Uh, when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can help you get there. Not explode football fields. Exactly. Visit betterhelp.com slash Ellis today to get 10% off your first month. Maybe you were raised in a pit, but you know what? You're not in that pit anymore, friend. <laughs> yeah. That's betterhelp.com slash Ellis. You might notice here at the Jason Ellis Show, we are constantly guzzling liquid death. And there's a good reason for that. It's fantastic. Yep. You get these nice tall boys in these infinitely recyclable cans. Water's delicious. You can get it flat. You can get sparkling. And there are flavors. Severed lime. Severed lime kicks ass. Buried alive. The berry flavor. Mango chainsaw, they're all delicious. Yep. They don't make you fat. It's water with yeah. bubbles with a hint of good vibes in it. For me, I like candy. So these are how I stay hydrated, but also enjoy my candy vibes. And sugar free. Yep. Sweet, sweet agave nectar. Some <laughs> say the nectar of the gods. Yeah. No, God jizzed in it. So you know it's good. All in one sweet, sweet can. Get yourself some. Get liquid death at all the big retailers like Amazon, Target, Albertson, Safeway, 7-Eleven, or Sprouts. Yep, and get free shipping on their crazy limited edition merch and apparel at liquiddeath.com slash Ellis. That's right. Tell Liquid Death we sent you. Yep, use the code, you guys. Come on. Liquiddeath.com slash Ellis. Well, question here from, from Captain Stupid. So when you're, like, supposed to swim further out, then what? Then you go around because you're in a riptide. So riptides form when two different currents are going towards each other like a V. And when you're in that, it see it, com- see it comes together and then it goes out. So it's sucking you out. So if you can swim to the side of it, then you can ride a wave in. How do you know when you're past the vortex? Because there's no more waves. You're, oh, you just you're beyond to- where the waves you are breaking. You would die for sure. Yes. Just by saying vortex. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Greg, is that the closest you've ever courted death? Not even. 
Now, Fitz dog's seen death a million times. Yeah, I mean, he fights uh, people on the freeway at any given moment, so that's got to be cool. You haven't a gun pulled on you yet? Never had a gun pulled on me. Hmm. No, I um, I'm trying to think, the closest I came to death, I mean, in the ocean a number of times because right. I've I've gone in the ocean. For all, I've been out here 22 years, and I go down there a lot. And it gets fro. I mean, you respect nature. You really respect the power of what the ocean could do to you. Yeah. And I, and I actually, I'm not making this up. And I almost shouldn't say it out loud because people are going to call bullshit. This is the fourth time I've saved somebody. Was, you, anyone yeah. else? I'd go fuck off. But you, I totally believe that. I, I was boogie boarding with my friend Evan. He's the guy who created You're Nurse You were boogie boarding and you saved a life. Yeah, we were both I did boogie not know boarding. That. And he went up on a wave. That, that almost evens out. It doesn't, but yes. <laughs> we, both, we both went up on a wave. And you know when you know it's going to crash out, so you pull back on it. So I pull back. He stays on it. And he goes head first down. And he gets knocked unconscious. And he comes up. He fucking, like, floats up. Yeah. And I grab him. And uh, I get a boogie board under him and I start dragging him out. And, and again, getting pummeled by the waves as I'm trying to drag him out. I'm trying to wave to a lifeguard. He's, he's checking out some fucking topless chick from France who's visiting Venice beach. And so I eventually, he started going in and out of consciousness and I got him out. Katie, didn't I save someone's life the other day at Venice beach? You did. Yeah. Yep, there was a child that was drowning. I do it all the time, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I forget how many people I save in the ocean. Well, children don't count. Like, this guy created Nurse Jackie. What, what did that kid ever create? A sandcastle? <laughs> yeah, probably. A poop in be- his pants? At, at best. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're saying he deserved to die. Because <laughs> 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 he only made a sandcastle. Oh, you know, that's life. why it's a race to achieve something in this life. So you right. mean something. Yeah. yeah right. That's a good idea. Right. Have you ever had your life threatened by a heckler? Yes, when I was in San Francisco <laughs> at, at Cobb's Comedy Club, there was a guy and, uh, you know, there was some East Bay gang members in the back of the room and they were just randomly, just, there's there's certain guys that show up to a show that the default setting is not that I'm the funniest one in the room. They, they're the funniest one in the room and they and you got to earn it from them. And so I'm in the process of trying to earn it and they're challenging me. And so I start shitting on them and I shit on their gang because they threw a gang <laughs> sign. And so I started making fun of the gangs. Yes. <laughs> I love that. And so the guy, so one of the guys gets up and he starts running towards the stage. And the club owner, whose name, honestly, is Tom Sawyer. And Tom Sawyer, who was not a big dude, but he was thick, he got in front of this dude. And he grabbed him and he Did stopped. Did he use his stick with the little bag <laughs> on the back of it? He made him paint a fence. He distracted him. <laughs> and he, he let uh, Black Jim, that's the new name for him. Black Jim helped him out. Um, and uh, he, he stopped him. And then somebody else from the crowd stepped up and like there was a wall that was formed between them and the stage. But that guy was coming. He was coming to hurt me. I believe that. Holy shit. Yeah. Greg's a tough guy. And then I got, you know, I got beat up on stage once, right? No. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was like three years into doing stand-up comedy. And I'm at a club called Stitches in Boston. And so I'm on stage and it was a Jewish singles night. So it was a night where, you know, it was all the rich, jappy girls from Boston University. And uh, and they're trying to meet rich, like, uh, pre-med students from Harvard. Mm. And so it's it's a very popular night like a Wednesday night and they have all the, all the Boston comics perform. 
And so this guy shows up who's from, he's, he's from Israel and he's a cab driver. And he's thinking, he hears that this is Jewish singles night. And he's like, oh, this is great for Simka. I am real Jew. Uh, I granted a Jew with a Russian accent. And so he walks Still in. Counts. He walks in. Yeah, I'm confused. Yeah, my accents are not great. No, it's not that. It's what's wrong with that? It's Jewish and Russian. Is that? No, he's from Israel. Sorry. This okay. guy's from Israel. Oh. You're saying they're looking for guys who are like Jerry Seinfeld modeling for that new clothing ad. Yes. They're not looking for the guy that picks them up and drives them home after the show. <laughs> right. So, guy so, mom makes a mean falafel. So there's a mixer before, and he's trying to mix, and nobody's talking to him. And so he's sitting alone at a table in the front row, uh. and he starts heckling me. And I start shitting on him, and he's alone. And then he finally, after I shit on him three or four times, he points up at me with all of his Middle Eastern machismo, and he goes, nothing more. Whoa. Yeah. And I go, yeah, let me know when your friends get here. And that's <laughs> it. He gets up. And he comes at me with his fist clenched and I got the microphone. It's like, and it's like, this is the nineties. So this microphone is like a fucking game of Thrones weapon. It's metal steel with the, you know, with the, the, the mesh on top yeah, of it. Yeah. And so I crack him across his forehead yeah. with the microphone and he's bleeding on his face. Nice shot. He comes at me and he gets me in a headlock and he's doing like some Israeli Krav Maga oh, shit on me. No. Well, they have <laughs> mandatory military service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's, he's been in the military. Yeah. And so I'm, he's spinning me around and my legs are flailing. <laughs> Tables are getting knocked down. Everybody stands up. The bouncers are in the back of the room and they can't get to the stage because everybody's now, it's Boston. It's a fight in Boston. Everybody's standing up. And so uh, eventually uh, a couple of people pulled him off of me and he gets, he gets, he gets thrown out. And then the, the club owner, Harry Conforti, says to me, once they, they set up the tables, they, they get everybody new drinks. And he goes, uh, he goes, all right, Fitzsimmons, you got five more minutes. I'm like, what? Oh, shit. <laughs> and my neck was fucked. I go, you got to be shitting me. He goes, finish your set. And he was doing me a favor. He was doing me a favor. What was the favor? Get back on the horse. Okay. Get okay. back on the horse. Okay. So I went back on stage and I get a standing ovation. It was the first standing ovation. Ever. I've only been doing comedy like three years at this All point. Right. First standing ovation. They go, fucking great. Because it's Boston. They'd rather see a fight than a comedy yeah, show yeah. any night of the week. And then they, they finally like calm down. And I look out at the crowd like I hadn't just got my ass kicked. I go, all right, who's next? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. And That's I need awesome. and I had to go to the chiropractor for like a month and I sent the bills to stitches and they never They never paid? No, they never paid. I could see that. Yeah. A little bit. They should put like little weapons magnetized to the mic stand. Yeah. So you can stab people. Well, a stun gun. Ma yeah, maybe the mic should yeah, work as fatal. a stun gun. Or, or one of those like collapsible batons. So if somebody's charging the stage and security's distracted, you could just. My ex-wife's brother bought me uh, a stick like that where you press a button and it extends. Yeah. And if I hit you with it, it's not like I was like, this is not even. I don't want this in my house. It, like it will kill somebody. Yeah, I think it's called a black. Uh, it was like a for for bulls or something. It's shit. called a blackjack. Yeah, it's just uncalled for. Yeah. I, think, I was like, I think I'd rather shoot someone in the leg. Yeah. Because I feel like that on the chest or something, if you're not like 25 with a very strong heart, it right, might right. fucking kill you. Right, right. It just scared the shit. I remember holding it and bap, bap, and I'm like, I don't, my kids were little too. I was just like, I don't even, I, like, this needs to go somewhere where nobody can find it. Right. <laughs> it just didn't make me feel comfortable. Not even holding it. 
And I was young enough to still want to electrocute people, but I was like, this thing is too much. You got a gun in your house? Yeah, got a bunch of them. Are they in safes? Yeah, they're locked up. So how fast do you think, should there be a home intruder, which there won't be? I know. Should there be a home intruder? Which it's just amazing to me that so many people have guns for home invasion. I didn't get There's it. There's no home invasion. I didn't get it for that. It's very rare. What'd I, you get it for? I was go sh- shooting at the shooting range. Oh, all right. For fun. Oh, like, so you're not, so this isn't a home invasion gun. No, I mean, I have one for that. You know, like I have a, a, a handgun that's close and I know where the bullets are, but they're all, you know, I mean, I still have to open it to get How many it. seconds from the time you hear the intruder until you're Five armed and minutes. dangerous? <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully he stops and makes a cup of coffee well i'm upstairs in. in the bedroom yeah. so hopefully he's rubbing the downstairs yeah. area and i get time to load right but yeah you just like you it's not i would probably rather go down and start cracking heads yeah but i know that's stupid too i just don't think that it's ever gonna i'll just die just probably in me. the end yeah right yeah. i just, just i yeah but i got them um a friend introduced me to them and gave me some lessons you know, and how to do uh, like some tactical stuff where I was like, oh, wow, there's some, you know, like uh, uh, like walking and shooting at targets and reloading yeah. while the other person has your back. Like, you know, little scenarios where you're pretending to be a, a soldier. Right. So I was, I'm, I like that. that was, yeah. But I don't, yeah, I never got it. I was like, no one's ever coming in here. I'm like, I don't think, I don't think I'm that tough. Yeah. At all. So. I think no, there's something noble in just dying. I mean, I just, <laughs> is life that precious? Really? Man, you know? you've, you've had a great run, huh? I've had a good run. I got nothing to prove. My kids are my kids are in college. Once they move out, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. Because I don't want my kids to witness. Yeah. I don't want them to see me killing a guy. I certainly don't want them to see a guy killing me. Yeah. Could but scar what, him a little bit, Michael. Yeah, that's true. That can leave a mark. That's how supervillains are born. Yeah. And also you'd go down as a pussy in their heads. What? If you get shot in your own house? If it's with my own gun. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, I always no, have to, yeah. I always assume with any weapon, like what happens when it gets turned on me? Because right. that's the most likely. That's why for a while I thought it was brilliant to have a gun that shoots blanks. Yeah. Because once I start firing, I'm assuming the meth head makes a run for it anyway. That's right. But we, my kid found the butterfly knife that we didn't realize we'd been storing in his baby bedroom when he was like two and a half. And really? And just found the gun. It's, it turns out it was a starter's pistol. I thought it was a real gun that was in the same drawer where we keep like the AAA batteries. Uh-huh. Yeah. With a gun to start races? I think so. <laughs> I, bought, I, bought, I bought it at a flea market. I actually thought it was a real like lady pistol. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It is cool. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so is it like a race, like you shoot it and then you run out of your own house? Yeah, I think that's, that's a race. That's exactly <laughs> right. I bought bullets. I just realized I bought bullets at one point that uh, don't go through walls so mm. that when I shoot the intruder, I don't shoot the neighbors. Yeah. So I'm prepared. That's thinking. That's thoughtful. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. a good neighbor. Yeah. I do my best. Are you a good neighbor? Do you play a lot of loud Fuck music no. and stuff? Or? I don't. I don't. No, I'm not annoying. Yeah. yeah, I know I look like I would be, but I'm not annoying. But I'm not friendly. I don't associate with anybody here. I look at a neighborhood like this, which, by the way, is charming. This is really a cool spot, and it seems to me like that's why you move to a place like this is because you're into your neighbors and you're into your neighborhood and your community. Yeah. Not. Sorry, I don't like people. <laughs> See, yeah. again, Greg, I think that's a, 
having kids thing. I'm friendly yeah. with a lot of my neighbors, and the bond is either kids or dogs. Yeah, the, that's the, other, the other ones, the other ones I don't talk to. Right. I'm, I have a very tight neighborhood. Like all my closest friends in LA are walking distance to me. In that's the neighborhood. awesome. It's really nice. We yeah. go to the beach. I save their lives. It's fun. Yeah. That sounds. <laughs> that does sound really nice and relaxing. Like the Tom Cruise stand up. <clears throat> What is it, what is it that you're afraid of that you you just if you're in a bad mood and you run into one you don't want to have to fake a a, a small talk? Oh, man, I don't I don't feel normal, and I feel like a lot of people present themselves as what are normal to me, and I get uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't want to talk about like uh, renovating. I don't yeah. renovate, mm -hmm. and if you start talking to me about renovating i'm like i don't know what the fuck i just feel like i'm talking to like some old person yeah but they could also childish, talk about dude. alternate side of the street parking they could talk about landscaping yeah exactly fuck <laughs> off <laughs> i got shit to do and it's not that you know? there's always the weather i'm I mean, a child man i was fucking i went for a e-bike ride with my wife yesterday and my son got a new e-bike so i was using it and it's super fast and it's got suspension and shit and we went past the park and there was like these grass hills. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. I'm going to test this bad boy out. Did a jump over the little hill and then a little another jump. And then I pulled off to go next to Katie again. And some old guy walking his bike. He's like, hey, man, there's kids walking around here. You know? And I was like, fuck off. He's Did like, you say fuck yeah. off? Yeah. And he's like, what? I was like, you heard me? Fuck off. And then some other old guy next to him was like, hey, man, you can't say that. I was like, fuck you too, dickhead. <laughs> fuck both of you. <laughs> They both looked at me so baffled that I was like, the fuck you think? I'm not your bitch, dude. Like, I don't give a fuck. You're a 50-year-old, 13-year-old. And then I said to Katie when we rode down the boardwalk, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to grow up. Yeah. Like, I think when I'm 80, if some kid's jumping his bike over there, look, if you hit a kid or something, then, yeah, that's different. But right. I didn't, you know, I know I am a moron, uh, like a childish person, but I also, I didn't, I value children's lives. I wasn't. I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll, I'll probably just miss that three-year-old. Like, no, I did not. I assessed what I was doing. I was nowhere near hurting anybody. Yeah. And this dude was like, Bruh! you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. you people need to mind your own business. Well, this is a little, this this area has a little bit of an Orange County feel to it. Yeah, it does. It's a little conservative. Yeah, that's all. So I don't fit in. I don't have, and I don't, I, and I'd rather not present myself to anybody because I don't want to bum them out. All right. Enjoy your lives. Don't worry about people like me. Yeah. Feels better that way. Do so, I have a neighbor friend? Have I ever had a neighbor friend? No. Yeah. I don't think I have either. Ever since I moved to LA, I just, like, I'm very bad at making small talk with strangers. Yeah, me too. I don't know how to start a conversation with anybody. Um, I, th I think it also comes from not following sports. I feel like sports is like that great conversation equalizer where uh, two strangers can these set days, things off. Netflix will do it too. Yeah. I just hate. When you go, did you see that new show? I'm like, oh my God, I'm in a loser pocket. Yeah. Get yeah. out quickly. You, just, you yeah. just took a show that I actually might have liked yeah. and made me hate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I know if I if I have people over for dinner and it turns to who who likes what on Netflix, that's when I start clearing dishes. Right. And start I taking garbage like I, out. I spent my whole signal. life being cool, Greg. Yeah. And I don't, I don't need the shit. That shit sticks to you. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about renovating the... Oh, uh, fucking shit. Yeah. I'm trying to do burnouts over here and get pussy. <laughs>
<laughs> you ever heard of pussy fucking renovation? <laughs> That's what we should be talking about at dinner, guys. <laughs> yeah. Pussy. I renovate, I renovate pussy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The yeah. time and a place. Enough Michael. with the contractor talk. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's actually kind of fun, I find, in grown-up life to see when I'm introduced to uh, another adult, particularly another guy, to see how long we can go before... So what do you do for a living? Yeah. Comes up. I'm yeah. so fucking tired of it. Right. It's just that's right up there with Netflix and renovations. Yeah, yeah I play I play golf, which uh, I'm sure you would love. And um, I go out there, and they in Venice there's a there's a public course, and I'll just show up, and they pair you up with three other guys, and you go out. And in the in 20 years, I've never had a guy ask me what I do for a living. It's like an unwritten rule in golf. Hmm. You don't get into people's personal lives. You talk about your shots you can talk about uh, you know professional golf you can talk about yeah. whatever but you never ask each other what you do i guess that's a sports thing because i coached a baseball team and my assistant coaches i never met before that they were other kids dads and we made it through the whole, i watched I actually made a note of it we made it through the whole fucking year by the end i knew one of them was a college professor yeah. the other guy no fucking clue i right. love it i don't blame people for doing it to me though because it always, when you look at me and you go, oh, so are you a, you, you first thing people say is like, so are you a tattooist? Are yeah. you uh, a guitar player in a band? And it, so it's already, they didn't ask me what I do, but they're already. They're <laughs> are like, you friendly with Zach Wilde? If you're still alive and you have an automobile <laughs> that drove you here and you look like that, it's yeah. like, do you, are you a drug dealer or are you a tattooist right. or are you a rock star? It's like, right. no, I'm just a podcast guy or something. <laughs> just a podcast guy. <laughs> By the way, I got to tell you, I saw you do well. First of all, you did stand up on uh, what was it, Killer Shrimp? Was that the yeah? When you, you when you saw me in the crowd, and was like, anybody want to see Jason Ellis do stand up? And I'm like, is he really? Yeah, he really is. Uh, because I'd heard you were doing it, I'd seen you do it online. I thought it was good, and I was like, oh, I was, I was so fucking excited to see you do stand up. So I donated half my set to watching you do some stand up, <laughs> awesome. and you went up and you just fucking destroyed. You came up and. Did some hardcore shit. It was it was one of the hardest hitting six minute sets I've ever seen. I couldn't follow it. I went back up after you, and I'm like talking about Netflix shows and sports, <laughs> renovation. Oh shit! And then I saw you. I went to see Wheeler Walker Jr. Yeah, I heard you were there I after did, I left, and I'm like, "What? Well, I didn't know he was there." Yeah, and that was, dude, that was a ballsy uh, undertaking going up in front of a fuck in front of Wheeler Walker right? Jr. Uh, I respected you going up there and you fucking stuck it out. And uh, I, I, yeah, I wanted to come backstage, but dude, I mean, sound like an old man. It was so fucking loud. I had to leave because I come to see Wheeler Walker Jr. Cause I want to hear the lyrics, yeah. not cause I want to hear the fucking band blow out the Henry Ford theater. Oh, okay. So I, I couldn't hear the words Oh, and I go, what am I doing here? Oh, I could hear the words. Well, you were backstage. No, I wasn't. I, I, but after I did my set, I was so uncomfortable in that whole thing. After I did my set, I went into the crowd. Yeah. There were some fans that were DMing me, so I went to meet them, and there was also a couple of Katie's friends that I was hanging out yeah. with. So I just cut out. I felt like I did my job, and I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, get destroyed. Get the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. Like I, that was a – I'm still very new, and to do – like you're gonna, the band's gonna play, then you're gonna do stand up, and then then Willa Walker Jr. is gonna come out. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't, you know. And then when I walked out of the crowd, I'm like, this is not, it was not comedy. Made for this stand up. Is, no. This is not made for this. Like yeah. how I had to, I was like loud at the start. I'm like, people just think I'm a fucking roadie. 
the it's house lights were all up. Yeah, yeah. It was and, like, fuck, dude. That was pressure. And then somebody heckled you and you scared the fucking daylights out of them. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I didn't it, know what it, else it was, to do, Greg. You, fuck. You directed some lethal energy at this motherfucker. And he it was went, pretty funny because he looked away and pretended that I wasn't, you know, I mean, that it wasn't yeah. him. And I was like, I saw you say it. Yeah. <laughs> Just turn around and look at me. <laughs> And then I said I would spin kick him, and when he was unconscious, I would suck his dick, and someone would take a photo, and then he would have the game. <laughs> Best threat I have, really. Yeah. Have yeah. you done stand up like opening for rock bands before? I opened for uh, they might be giants at Kent State University in Ohio, and it was a daytime. It was one of these like spring fling things where they put kegs out in a field and set up a stage. And these kids were shit fair. I went on at like, you know, seven o'clock at night and they'd been drinking since noon and they might be giants was the headliner. And they were really excited to see they might be giants. And, uh, and so they didn't want to see me. And so halfway through my set, not even halfway. No, I would say like five minutes into what should have been a 30 minute set. Somebody, uh, I was, somebody heckled me. And so I was shitting on him. And then his buddy, threw an apple and hit me in the chest with the apple. And it has an apple. Yeah. <laughs> People that go see they might be giants. What the fuck? How do you keep an apple on you while you're drunk too? So, like that thing had to go. I mean it hit me in the chest and I'm telling by the time that apple hit the ground, my hand was in the air and I was saying, Good night, assholes. And I just fucking walked off the stage. I I had already gotten my check. And I <laughs> sat back and <laughs> enjoyed they might be giants. Well I, I thought it was I thought it was Cool. I, Willow Walker helped uh, help me, you know, because I said to him before I went out there, I was like, "How is everybody here? Like, if I start talking about butt fucking, is that going to be cool?" And he's like, "If that's who you are, dude, like, just be who you are." Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, well, here I go." I but think they, they were, were good. It was a good crowd. I think they were fine with the material. Yep, me too. I just think it was a. It was just the lights were on over the. You yeah. know, if comedy, you got to fucking turn the lights down. You got to yeah. have people sitting down. I even said. Because I could tell people like, what are you? Why are you here? And I was like, I'm just here to tell a few stories. Willa Walker asked me to tell you guys a few stories because I felt like if I said the word comedy, that they would have been like, what? Yeah. You fucking came here to watch right, a band. Like, right, I felt right. like, don't even bring up that you've been paid to be here to tell jokes. Just yeah. say, Surprise comedy is like a tough sell for an unsuspecting yeah, audience. Yeah. Just say you're going to tell a story. Yeah, and yeah. I felt like they were like, oh, I'll, I'll listen to a story, I guess. Like, yeah. Go ahead, weird looking guy. So yeah. I got out of it. And We're doing a big show tonight. Are you? First time a uh, headlining. Really? Yeah, Jason Ellison friends at the Ontario Improv. How much time are you going to do? 40 minutes. Nice. So I've never done that. Can you mix a little crowd work in there? Yeah. Yeah, I got I got a lot of material now, so but I I mean I like my newer stuff better, so I'd rather do some crowd work than use some of my older stuff, yeah. which is fucking. It's like older stuff means eight months or something. But yeah, don't don't worry, don't fucking worry about doing older stuff, man. You gotta do. You gotta bring the A shit. If you're headlining for the first time, bring the A shit. Well, I'm saying, I'm my older stuff is it. They were the first jokes that I wrote, and now I have better ones. Oh, okay. So they're not. Oh, I thought you just yeah. are sick of no, doing them. I wish I yeah. wish that was the case. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, I just don't have that many that many jokes. Yet. Right, right, right. You know, if you only get ten minutes all the time, it's pretty hard to whip up forty. But I have done twenty five, and then a couple of my bits that usually I would be two to fill twenty minutes. Now one of them is twenty minutes. So 
and there's a bunch of jokes in it. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I've already got 20 minutes with just one story. So I feel okay. Yeah. I mean, if they're there to see you, they're going to especially lock into the stories. You know, it's like Bert Kreischer. I mean, he, he, he start he tell, <laughs> he closes with the same story he's been doing for 15 years every night. And it works. And it works and it kills. They want it. They yep. demand it. Yeah. You know, they're there to see him. Kevin's been practicing because he just started. Oh, yeah. I sucking yeah. him into I this. didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very new. Uh huh. How many uh, show, how many gigs have you done? Four? Four. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight will be my fifth. Very cool. And Tully's. At the improv. Tully's doing Tully's it again. Tully's been doing it about, what, seven years? Uh, If you count the three that I took off. Yeah. 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 I was up for about three straight years before the pandemic. Hey, so you're doing a podcast with Jessa Mae Pelusa? I am, yeah. I fucking love her. She's so great. She's a delightful human. Yeah. We just had a, oh no, we were supposed to have lunch last week. Uh, no, that's why she blew me off. There's the Venice Three. There's me, her, and Annie Letterman. We all live near each other in Venice. We meet up for coffee sometimes and she fucking blew us off. I like her. Yeah, she's very cool. She comes on the show? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was saying I like Annie Letterman. Oh yeah, Annie Letterman's great. Yeah. I don't really know her, but she said hello to me at the comedy store three times now. Uh-huh. So it makes me feel cool. Yeah. She's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm good. Hi, Annie Letterman. I'm like, hey, she knows me. Get a little kick every time it happens. Yeah. Because I'm at the comedy store, too. It's yeah, like, right, hey, right. other comedian friend that I know. I don't fucking know anybody. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And then Katie's doing stand-up tonight for the first time. No shit. Yeah, I don't have any real com- comedian friends, so I just brought the show yeah. to do stand-up. Right. But uh, I also have Poopies, you know, the guy from Jackass. The, did you see the latest Jackass yeah. movie? The guy that gets bit on the face by a, a snake. Oh, yeah. He did stand-up for Steve-O, because obviously Jackass. Uh, and I did his podcast, and it's the worst podcast. He's the worst uh, broadcaster in the history of any <laughs> any podcasting. Johnny Knoxville DM me and said, "Dude, I just got to say, your interview with Poopies was one of the funniest things uh. I've ever seen in my life. Watching your face realize that you're talking to a fucking idiot was so cool." And I was like, "Yeah, because that was what was happening." Like, he got his phone. He goes, "Okay, go. We're going." Uh, so if you were Jason Ellis. What would it goes through? What goes through your mind when you're, and I'm just like, what is this dude doing? Looking at the camera guy. The camera yeah. guy goes, yeah, man, this is kind of like right. what it is. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. But he told me a story about his stand up, and it sounded like it was the worst thing ever orchestrated. Yeah. So I was like, I got to get you on the list. That's great. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to him doing like three minutes of just, nothing it won't make any sense at all which i think it w- w- will be funny katie i think is just gonna roast me for a couple minutes so that'll be funny and then ben glebe and jack jr are, are the actual comedians to jack jr yeah uh his parents own ha-has okay yeah he's been helping me out i've been doing shows so he's the paulie shore of ha-has yeah i guess yeah yeah i don't know if that was a compliment <laughs> or not but he's a good guy yeah and he's helping me. I just meet so. his parents on the comedy store. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you look at like the Howard Stern show and all the cast that have, you know, they they all spun out into stand up. And yeah, Shuli. Yeah. Shuli did it. And Benji did it. And uh, uh, who? Sal and Richard. Sal and Richard. So it's like, you know, the fans love you guys. They want to see you do whatever you're going to do. And they want to see you grow in a new venture. 
So that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Well, I you know this this is where this is where I want to die. This is my hill. I Stand want, up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't care about how it works out for any of this. I just you don't wanna, care about the podcast. I care about the podcast, but I want to. I I want to be a comedian. Yeah. I don't, and I don't care about as long as this keeps going. Then I don't really care about the success of comedy because I got a job. Yeah, but I want to just do it like you have, like you guys, where you go all the time. You got gigs. I just want to be good at it. Yeah, and I know everybody knows you don't get good at it if you do it like once a month. So I want to do it where I where I know everywhere I go, I have like a ninety five percent chance of killing, and right. I do it every weekend. Yeah, you know, every Wednesday or Thursday, whatever. I just always go up and. It's just a good, you know, with skateboarding, getting hurt all the time. I got one more fight and then I'm going to stop doing that. And then skating the way I am, not going to do that anymore. I got to stop that. And I need something to fill the gap and the fear and the, the, the tension of making it work and figuring out how to be better at it. Mm. It's very similar to skateboarding, except you don't have to go to hospital. Yeah. So I I feel like this will occupy and make me like feel complete. Like I still have a thing yeah. that I can work on. And I feel like with comedy, you can, I, I can't, until I go senile, I can always get better. Right. I can always work on new stuff and be like, oh man, my shoulder's killing me. I can't fucking practice today. Like, yeah. No, I can practice. I can do it all the time. Yeah. Till I die. Yeah. And I think doing it in as many different types of venues as possible because it's like, I mean, you know, there's so many variables to doing a show, you know, like what you went through with Wheeler Walker versus yeah. if you're at the comedy store and you've got a very legit stage and it's managed well and the audience is told how to behave. Yeah. Like you got to do all those different kinds of experiences because that's where you find your strengths and the things that work yeah. and how you can survive. And you just, it's just reps like anything else. Yeah, it builds confidence. Yeah. I feel like the Wheeler Walker one in particular was so out of it wasn't like any other comedy thing. And that made me more confident for every other comedy show. Cause you know, it's like, uh, you're going up in front of a hundred people, 600 people. It, I'm like, I just did a show the other day where everyone was like, we didn't pay to see you yeah. at all. Yeah. What? And they didn't try and kill me. Right. So I right. feel, I feel like if I'm going to a place where someone paid to see jokes, I feel, I feel like I'm going to be, I'm going to do better than that. I've seen comedians toil for decades without getting good and then all of a sudden one day like jim Something norton clicks. jim norton was like this yeah he was a guy i started with he was always a good comic he was always like a functional good comic yeah and then one day he didn't give a fuck something happened and i've seen it happen with a lot of comics and it can take it took norton a lot of years yeah christopher then, titus tells a similar story and then all of a sudden he was fucking great he's a great comic yeah. and he's totally raw and he's totally honest but also just there's something about how you behave after you tell the punchline, how you it, whether or not you're needy and thirsty or whether or not you just told what you're going to tell. And now you're going to move. And you've already got that. Like, you don't give a fuck. That's huge. A little bit more so lately. I feel like I've had a really bad couple of weeks. You know, yeah. And it's helped me be better at stand up my day to day, which is probably makes sense for you. But my day to day is pretty miserable. But I'm uh, I'm pretty venomous when I get that microphone now. Yeah, because I don't give a fuck. Your day to day is bad because yeah, of like, depression. Yeah. yeah, which helps with my nerves for comedy. Right. Yeah. How long did your did it take into your career, Greg, before the nerves sort of chilled out? Oh, they haven't chilled out. I'm still nervous. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Really? Yep. 
I mean, you got to be that a little my bit. Mind. It's just not to the point where he just needs to take shits the whole time, the whole day. <laughs> like that's yeah. a lot. I have to shit right now, just because I'm 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 going up tonight. Like I I did an open mic like a block from my apartment the other day, and I was like, oh cool. Now when you know the pre-show jitters hit me, there's a toilet right here and I can shit in it. Yeah. So I did. I shit like ten minutes before the show, and then I get there and I sit down and I'm waiting to get called up and then and my stomach's like, I'm like oh my god, there's another shit. Wow. And then when I got home, full poop. Yeah, there's a bathroom in the green room of the comedy store and with a with a toilet. And guys take shits back there all the time before they go on. A girl <laughs> did, just did the other day. I can't remember who it was. There was a girl back there taking a shit. Probably shouldn't say. <laughs> That's crazy. Because that bathroom, the door to the bathroom is always open. Oh, yeah. and this could be all loud. I don't even it's know just, if there no, is just, a door. Yeah. yeah, it's just never oh, shut. Yeah. And, the, and then the door to the actual bathroom is a door that doesn't really shut that well either. Yeah. Right. Do you have a nerves thing? Because Jason's temperature drops and he needs to put a jacket on. Not anymore. Mine, mine, like goes twenty degrees hotter, and I have to poop. Did you ever have like a a regular tick? Um, not really. No, I think I just, I just would have to tell myself. I would look at the crowd when I would get really nervous when I was starting out, and I would, I would have this mantra where I would say, "They are so lucky to see me tonight." Mm. I don't know why that worked for me, but it always made me walk on stage feeling like I was I was doing them a favor hmm. instead of they were doing instead of me needing something from them. Yeah. I well, don't that's know. That's good. I mean, you do need confidence when you go out there and if you walk yeah. out feeling like you have 20 pound balls. Yeah. That's going to Right. It's hard because it's not like sports where, you know, you see skaters and they've got their headphones on and they're listening to fucking Megadeth or whatever. And with stand up, there's it's really about it's not about getting yourself to a, a heightened state it's about getting your state actually calmer and more organic you're trying to yeah. you're trying to get inside your body not yeah. outside of it yeah and uh, that's the only way you can connect to the audience is when you're calm what is it though about the nerves and the nerves not going away cuz like i had experience playing music with a band where i was shitting myself when i was a kid and then i was like i'm pretty good at this no one's going to laugh yeah and I really didn't mind. Just go on stage, no big deal. At this point, and this has been the case for some time, I'm actually way funnier on mic than I am off of it because I've gotten so... I've heard... Uh, I remember when I was starting doing stand-up, I heard Bill Burr talking to Mark Marin about getting comfortable acting or something. And he's like, well, I'm not comedy club comfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, that's your go-to reference for not like chilling on a beach comfortable, comedy yeah, club comfortable. Yeah. I'm comedy club comfortable doing podcasts. Yeah. And I've seen other people come on the show where I'm like, oh, my God, they're nervous. They're nervous because yeah. they're going to be on the radio. Yeah. I can't even remember feeling that way. So why is it that you get over the music nerves, you get over the radio or podcast nerves, but for some reason you yourself are saying you don't get over the stand-up nerves? I think it's like I have ADHD. And, you know, when you have ADHD, they prescribe Ritalin and things that, it, that, that get your, your heart racing. And I think that stand-up was always my Ritalin. And so... It would it was it would make me nervous, but in a good way. It would make me connect to my it it, it forces your mind to connect to your body. That's what Ritalin does. Hmm. And so I think stand up did it for me. And during the pandemic, when I went two years without going on stage, I had to find a different way to uh, to because every night I had it. I knew that at nine o'clock I was going to connect. I, yeah. would, I would I would recalibrate hmm. myself. And I didn't have that for two years. And I started to find different ways to do it. What did you do? 
I started running. I've been running a lot since yeah. then. And um, I just, uh, I started writing more, like journaling more. Yeah. I don't know. I just had to find other ways to get creative and to get, get things flowing. Yeah, that's, once you get in that, it's, you can't let go of it. Yeah. That's why, that's why comedy is, means so much to me because I'm like my athletical. You spike. You need to spike. It's, it's over. It's over. You know, to right. the, at this point, it's, unless I was in really into golf, it's just disrespectful to my family. Yeah. You know, hitting your head at 50. Yeah. I was just like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Like, no one's even, you're not even, you're 50. No one's here to see you skate. Yeah. You're just pushing it because you don't know how to do it any other way. That's yeah. the other thing. It's like, uh, uh, you're drinking. Sometimes I, I drink and I'm fine. Sometimes I drink and I do stupid shit. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, but sometimes I'm fine. So, but at the end, in the end, if you'd fuck up, you gotta, you gotta quit. Yeah. So to me, that last one, I was like, you did not come here with that plan, but it's still a 50, 50 chance with you because you're too old to be here. Well, I think it's something that I'm grappling with and people, uh, and I'm going to say our age, cause you're not that much fucking younger than me, <laughs> but you get to this point where you either embrace that you're going to start a new chapter in your life or you fight it and you end up just playing out the same fucking hand you were dealt when you were born, you know? And like, for me, it's like, I don't want to keep doing this. Like I'll always do stand up, but I don't want to write for TV really anymore. I don't want to like, uh, host fucking talking head shows on VH1, like all the shit that I've done for the last 25 years. I'm kind of, I don't get excited thinking about doing it anymore. Eh. And I'm thinking about what I would love to teach. I would like to get a job at a college teaching creative writing and teaching script writing. Eh. And, you know, I mean, there's even colleges where you can teach comedy. Like Emerson has a degree in stand-up comedy. What? No shit. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like that's the energy I want to be at right now. You want to give back. I want to give back a little bit. And also, I just feel like I get excited when I like I, I, I kind of like mentor a lot of young comics. Like yesterday, a guy, I spoke to him on the phone for like 45 minutes and then I told him to send me a script and he sent me a sitcom script and I, I gave him a shitload of notes on it. Like I if someone has promise, I get excited about trying to help them. Yeah. On the uh, the ADHD tip, Greg, do you still use the um, Ritalin patches? I use them until they stop making them. They stop making them? Yeah. You remember that. The Ritalin patch yeah. saved me. It was perfect because it was time release. And then, you know, when you wanted to get off of it, like usually like if I'm going to do a couple of like today, I'm doing three podcasts. So I took some Ritalin and then uh, and you can see my fucking leg shaking. <laughs> and uh, but the patch, once you're done with the third one, you peel it off and it's out of your system as opposed to taking the pill where now you, you got it going for a couple more hours. And maybe you oh. want to chill out. But uh, no, I take Ritalin like maybe once or twice a week now. Oh, Why wow. did they take, take the patches the away? I don't know. They just stopped manufacturing them. Well, I remember because when when Greg and I, when I was working for Greg, you you told me about the patches. And I was like, because you, you were kind of marketing them as like, sometimes when you take a pill, it'll hit you all at once, yeah. kind of heavy. And the patch will just sort of gradually ease you into it and out of it. So it's not a big jarring like, oh, I'm fucking wired. And also the crash at the end is yes. so intense. I have to time it so that I can get to the gym like within an hour of coming down off the, the Ritalin. Yeah, I burn it out of my system and a little bit. Fuck that. Yeah. Well, when you when you told me about the patches, um, I had also, so I, I started using those 
And then I got a hemorrhoid. And the, the, they were telling me, you know, take warm baths for, baths, for the hemorrhoid. Yeah. yeah, so I, I got in the bath. And I think I even had a book that you would let me about, like, depression. I was kind of in, like, a bad, bad point. So I'm soaking my hemorrhoid in the tub, reading a book on depression. And all of a sudden, like, my body starts tingling. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I looked down, and I still had the Ritalin patch on my thigh. Uh, so the hot water opened up my pores and uh, dumped, like, the whole fucking patch into me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to interview uh, James Gunn, like, right afterwards. Uh-huh. So my eyes were bulging out of my head, and I was talking a mile a minute. Uh, couldn't sit still. Jesus. Maybe that's why they got rid of those patches. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is... Really sketchy. Yeah. A little bit. You have a lot of like anal related issues. Yeah. How's My your ass hem- is trying to kill me. Your, how's your hemorrhoid now? Because once you get it, you kind of always have it, don't you? Yes. And it it's never gotten too bad to where it's the worst. It feels like I have like a mild headache in my butthole. Do you feel like it happens when you're under stress? Is it like a red flag for you? Like, oh, my hemorrhoid's popping out. I got to look at why I'm so stressed out right now. I've never really noticed. That's, it, my, that's it, my experience. Yeah. It's like the, the thermometer on a turkey. That's what I get. I get a hemorrhoid when I'm like really fucking stressed out, not taking care of myself. Yeah. Or if I, this doesn't happen too often anymore, but on the rare occasion in my 30s where I would still like go to Vegas and go really, really big. Yeah. After three days, the, the turkey, the turkey timer would, would pop. And I'm like, <laughs> I gotta go home. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Vegas, man. Fuck Vegas that town. Is dead. You got to be a loser to spend money in Vegas right now. Unless wanna, you're going to join it, You want to join us there in April? I mean, or, if or, no, going, or November? If you're going there for an event, that's something. But I'm saying like guys that go like, dudes, let's take all our money we saved over the last six months and hand it to a bunch of fucking greedy corporate douchebags. Yeah, and when strippers. you put it like that, sure. <laughs> what do you do instead if you want to go big with the boys? I'm thinking, uh, well, I'm going to New Orleans next month. I that's think that's way different. New, I think that's the new Vegas. All right. It's got its own culture. You got the Cajun culture. You got the Southern culture. You got African influences. There's great, all kinds of music. Yeah. You know, it's a beautiful city. It's got great architecture. Yeah, we were in Vegas on the weekend. I was doing a show, and then when I left the show because we didn't have time to go to the hotel. So we went straight to the comedy show and Katie ha- and I both had our bags. And then after the show, we were like, let's go to the uh, hotel, check in, because I had a, a midnight show to come back to. And we just walked out of the hotel and it wasn't where the taxis or Ubers are. So we walked across the street to call an Uber and across the street was just meth the fuck out. Yeah. Everybody was just sketchy as fuck because really? this hotel's a little out off the strip. <laughs> and at one point I was like, man, I, you know, I, I can defend myself, but I was like, this is, I mean, if I was smaller and like we have bags, we're fucking full, full on tourists. Yeah. And the whole time we're waiting for this Uber, I'm like, I'm going to have to hit somebody. Yeah. Like there was dudes yelling at themselves. Yeah. I'm like, this is, have I, what have I, it was, it's, a, it's 200 feet All right. from where I was doing comedy that there's like 20 meth heads screaming at each other. What was the venue? The Strat. Yeah. Stratosphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. LA I mean, comedy. 
it's in there. It sort of feels like the apocalypse is starting in Florida and Las Vegas. Like Vegas is flooding. It's having heat waves. Last year, the heat waves were like 125 degrees. Yeah, it's really hot there right now. It, uh, you know, it's where the pandemic was just exploding. Makes sense. It's a sketchy place. One thing that I've noticed going, because I used to, like when we go there for Nellis Mania, I would try to make some time to just like walk the strip one time by yeah. myself. Because I have fond memories of doing that kind of shit when I was a kid. I will say this in defense of what you're saying. If you go to New Orleans, you'll see people having fun. It is a very joyful kind of place, musical kind of place. I one time made a note. I walked the entire strip and I was like, I don't think I ever heard anybody laugh. Yeah. People are just sort of like, yeah, well, I'm here. I got right. I got three foot of hurricane. I guess just we walked into that one. Now we'll walk to the next one. Yeah. It's kind of weird when you say you spend all this all year saving up a little bit of extra money. You're not having fun. It seems like it's a mission. Yeah, it's like right, to get right. selfies, to, you know, see cookie jar or whatever. Like you got your What about thing. prostitutes? Well, they are outstanding. All I right. mean, that is the thing. If you wanna <laughs> if you wanna go on a, a sex tour yeah. and you don't want to leave the country, I guess Vegas is your place. Okay. So it's if, not all bad. If great you're looking strip for clubs. if you're looking for joy. Yeah. Yeah. Sex workers. Guys, if you want to go smiling <laughs> in there. If you want to go shooting and take all your clothes off for a photo shoot. Vegas is good for that. You did that? Yeah, like two days ago. Did I, you post it online? Yeah, you well, know, Katie and I have an OnlyFans, so. You but, have an OnlyFans? Fuck yeah. The two of you? Yeah, well, we have separate ones, but I'm starring in hers a lot. You guys have sex on OnlyFans? Fuck yeah. Shut up. What? <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you don't want to stand in your driveway talking about renovating. But nobody knows me. Nobody knows I do that. I don't care if they do anyway. I'm more into, I want to have sex with guys on camera. Yeah. Have you I, done that? Uh, trans guy. Yeah. Not a guy guy. But I just want to. It's wanna... a trans guy, a woman who became a guy? Yeah. So was there cert, Was there a penis added? Nah. No, nah, they have a vagina, but they have no boobs. And they're on testosterone. So their voice is a little deeper and... <clears throat> Look a bit, little bit more like a boy, right? How close are they to getting good at making fake penises? Katie, isn't somebody we know getting one? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, are they getting an ins insertion in their penis to make it get hard? Yes. Ex oh, explain that. They, they. This is a person who was born a man, and now they're transitioning to a woman. And the estrogen that they're taking has made their erections not work? I'm not exactly sure if that's what is causing the problem, but they're having some sort of erectile dysfunction. So they're getting like a robot penis installed. I think it's like a series of surgeries. Um, I, I don't know enough about it to describe it properly, but they're going to have something implanted that they can push a button in, a, in their balls or something and like it'll get them hard. Crazy, right? So she's transitioning to a woman, but she still wants the penis to work. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Yeah, some of them want to keep their original genitals. Some sure. of them don't. Uh, we got a friend that just recently took her penis off, so now she's got a vagina. Mm. She had, for the last 10 years, 20 years, she was, she had a penis. Yeah. She has a vagina. And you have to put this thing in there. You have to put a dildo in there all the time to make it heal and take a penis. Yeah, it's like piercing your ear. You It'll have to, up. the hole will yeah, close yeah, yeah. up. Yeah. 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 She showed me a video once of her, like, 
work. She was like, I got a, you know, she told me and I was FaceTime and I'm like, nah, you got a pussy. <laughs> Let me see it. And she was like, all right, I'm actually like working on it right now with the, the toy. And <laughs> now, I was like, yeah, it's so cool. Wow. Have you made love to her? Yeah, but not since she got a vagina. Oh. Yeah. Katie and I had a threesome with a lady that had a, a penis and now she has a vagina. Yeah. It was okay, right? Yeah. Interesting. Wasn't that deep. It's, I've gone too far. Greg, it's been great to see you as yeah. always. Thank you. Thanks for being on here, Greg. Can You're, I plug my dates? Yeah, you should do all the things. Yep. All right. Sorry, I'm not very professional at that stuff. Well, listen. At Fitzdog, I know that. You go to at, at Fitzdog.com. Yeah. If you want to see me uh, do some live comedy, I'm going to be in Arkansas next weekend in Lowell, Arkansas. Then I'm going to be in- Say uh, the date. Uh, yeah, this is, may have posted by the time you go to Lowell. Oh, Sev, the 16th and 17th of September. And then I will be in New Orleans on October 6th, Lafayette, Louisiana on the 7th, and then the Den Theater in Chicago, October 15th. That's a big show. Get tickets at FitzDog.com. Yeah, make sure you go see FitzDog, one of the greatest comedians of our time. Thank yeah. you, man. So, and don't, and, and the, the podcast is FitzDog Radio, but also Sunday Papers, which I do with uh, Mike yeah. Gibbons. Is on Sundays. I have, a, I have a friend who's a huge fan. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice to hear. I hear stuff about that. Yeah, it's been fun. And it's fun to not have to book a guest and do all that shit. It's just he, he and I, we've been best friends for 30 years since college. And we just we just have fun. It's like the three of you. It's just comfortable. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Fritzstock. Love you, dude. Thanks Love for being too. on the show. We'll Thanks, be back man. next week. Check out the Patreon shows, patreon.com slash Mate. See you next week. Take care of yourselves. Don't die. If you want more Jason Ellis show, sign up for their Patreon at patreon.com slash ellismate for a two-hour show every Tuesday and Wednesday. To watch full episodes of the Jason Ellis show, subscribe to us on YouTube at youtube.com slash the Jason Ellis show. And don't forget to follow the crew on Instagram at wolfmate at tollywood at Kevin Kraft, at Underwearwolf, and at The Jason Ellis Show. Jason Ellis here talking about On It. On It have, uh, all, I've already talked about it a million times, but they have the best workout equipment, best workout gear, um, best supplements. And they're always making new stuff. These protein bites. I got a box of them. And sometimes I get the munchies before I go to bed. And I have these. It's gluten-free. It's no problem. You can do whatever you want. Katie, did you know you can have these protein bites? Totally. Huh. But they're really good. They've got everything. It's very good. Uh, I use it every day, all day. And I get a discount code. And if you use it, they know that you listen to the show. And we need that support. So on it.com slash Alice. If you want to grab yourself some Alpha Brain or something from there, try it out if you haven't. Uh, you know, call me a liar if it doesn't. Uh, it really does help you get stuff done. So check them out. Support the show. Shopify presents cool sheets from Aha to. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my Aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash podcast 22. Shopify.com slash podcast 22. 
Thanks, Onnit, for sponsoring the podcast. Onnit.com slash Alice.